back podcasting world with another episode of Core Consult RX Podcast. And today we have two co-hosts. My my one and only true co-host, no offense Tom, <laughs> Cole Swanson's here with us. And then making his second debut, his comeback, Tom, say what's up again. Hey guys, I appreciate you having me back on. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Jinx. Jinx. Oh, gosh. We got to erase that part. Huh? <laughs> that was rough. We need to be away from each yeah, other. Yeah, that for, was like yeah, we need for to, a little bit. We need to never do that again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That was a great way to start. I like it. All right. Oh, that was funny. So uh, how's, how's life been treating you guys? Great. Great. Can't complain. Cool. I had to talk trash about you a little bit whenever Tom was taking your stead last yeah, time. Yeah, I know. I heard. I know. Didn't stand up for me at all. No, I didn't at, at all. Least, well, at least when Dr. <laughs> Hall was here, you were like, yeah, he's working hard, blah, blah. But uh, yeah, when Tom was here, nah, I call slack. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I felt bad about it as soon as I did it because <laughs> it wasn't true. I was totally slacking. It's true. You were home playing Xbox, weren't you? Basically. I knew it. I wish I was playing Xbox at yeah. the pharmacy, but didn't let you do that. I came real close to not coming tonight. I worked last night, so Did you? my nap turned into like four hours, and <laughs> I was just, my alarm was going off. I'm like, oh. What man. is that? Yeah, yeah. But but you made the right call. Yeah, yeah. I had fun last time, so yeah. I didn't want to miss it. So you just finished your seven-day stretch, right? Correct, yeah. Yeesh. Nice. Yeah, yeah, that's rough. Yeah, yeah. Um, we appreciate you taking the time yeah, out of your sleep schedule to come here and uh, do this with us. Happy How do you like here. that? I had a rotation that was the seven-on, seven-off night shift, and um, but it was really like nine-on because you had to adjust going in and adjust going out. Definitely. Do you have to as well? Oh, yeah, yeah. So yeah. today is my poor wife. Today is like the day that she knows not to bother me. <laughs> you know, I get home, and I just need to rest, relax, um, not do much. You know, I don't do chores or anything like that. I just come home, hang out. I don't mow my lawn or anything. And that way I can relax all day. I try not to nap too long. That way I get to sleep tonight and then get up early tomorrow and kind of reset myself. I used to do like four or five on and then mm. three, four off. And that was worse because mm-hmm. it takes those mm-hmm. two days to adjust. Yeah. So I really, it was almost like just as I got adjusted, I was going back to work. Right. Yeah. So I like the seven, off, yeah. uh, seven on, seven off. Do you do chores once you get back on? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> So I need to find a better excuse because yeah. I don't do the chores necessarily, <laughs> even when I'm had plenty of sleep. So I just get in trouble. <laughs> oh geez. Okay. So today, Growing men and we have chores. I know exactly. I, know. I get in trouble. Yeah, this is what happens to you guys. I'm not allowed to podcast if I don't do my chores. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was off today. Half the day was spent doing chores. That's the way it is. That's so funny. Oh man. That's funny. I said it like that. Chores. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. what they're called. And you guys are like, yep, totally. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's exactly what. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. I have a list and everything. <laughs> yep. <laughs> oh man. So um, today we're going to go through Clostridium difficile infections. All right. This is actually from a request from Instagram. So we had like a list of eight different topics, I think, um, from the last time I put it out there. And uh, so this would be the first one. We're knocking them out. Yeah. Another poop one. It really comes up a lot with us, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, I feel, I feel like it does. Yeah, Everybody I mean, poops. It's common. It is true. Yeah. That is a great book. Yeah, yeah. Fun for the whole family. Yeah, it is. Yeah. <laughs> Christmas is coming up. <laughs> so um, we're going to go through the, the newest guidelines. They were updated in 2018. And so we're going to run through the guidelines. Not a, a huge difference, but um, there is one big one that we need to talk about. But we'll kind of go through uh, the guidelines as a whole and uh, – kind of work through and then hopefully Tom's going to give us some uh, background on his experience treating patients and then we'll go through the meds and we get, I get the whole team here today basically. Yeah, absolutely. Everything. We, yeah. we need a nurse and we'll be all set. Yeah, right. <laughs> so um, what do you want to start? 
Uh, well, I mean, we can just talk about C. diff a little bit. Yeah. Um, so it's a gram-positive anaerobic spore-forming bacillus. Uh, it's a pretty nasty bug. Usually people are frequently colonated with it, but with your normal bacterial flora, it kind of keeps it at bay. So a big risk factor for being over-colonized with C. diff and causing uh, C. diff infection, diarrhea, colitis, would be antibiotics frequently. Um, some big ones that the guidelines point out would be like cephalosporins. Um, they bring up Keflex and also clindamycin is kind of notorious for that. Uh, they wipe out your bacterial flora and C. diff comes in and causes issues, kind of runs rampant. It's very common, very common nosocomial infection. And uh, fluoroquinolones as well. That's the other big one. Now, is that the first one I said? You said cephalosporins. Uh, I said the wrong thing then. I meant fluoroquinolones. So you were right though. Keflex is also, yeah. I think that's third. So I said that uh, twice. So, um, Clindamycin the, is the one you see on the test, I think, right? Yeah. It's like the hallmark well, one that causes. And it's interesting because I actually, I heard an infectious disease doc actually ask um, my PA students what the most common, like, Bacteria, like antibiotic cause of C. diff is, and they all said clindamycin because that's what it taught them. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, unfortunately, he was like, "Nope," and I was like, "Crap." Really? <laughs> but he he was saying because clindamycin isn't used as often anymore as fluoroquinolones. Okay. That technically speaking, from just a straight numbers, um, cl- fluoroquinolones have a higher chance just because clindamycin isn't used as much. But theoretically, the clindamycin does have a higher chance of causing okay. it. Okay. It's kind of his point that he wanted to bring. He wanted to bring up the fact that fluoroquinolone use is causing um, a lot of the C. diff now. So okay. something to keep in mind. But even Keflex, like Cole said, is um, definitely one. I think that's they have that listed as third in this one meta-analysis I looked at. Um, so that's kind of interesting, too, because you don't really think of that causing much no, problems. No, no. I never prescribed Keflex. I'm worried about C. diff, so yeah. it's something good to know. Yeah, and about uh, 20% of individuals with patients who are hospitalized become colonized with C. diff, and about 30% of those will develop diarrhea. Super common. It's one in five. Um, and then uh, the other big one we kind of tend to think about, I feel like pharmacists end up getting the bad rap because of this one. We always bring this up, but uh, PPIs. Yeah. Um, we I think always, we referenced this in the GERD episode, didn't we? Did we? We, yeah. we may have. Um, but gas, gastric acid suppression in general is has been associated with an increased risk of C. diff. Uh, however, the newest guidelines say that discontinuation um, is not necessary unless it's considered like an unnecessary PPI. If right. the person's never tried to come off of it and you think it's probably just overall beneficial for them to come off, then go ahead and do it. But okay. if the person needs a PPI, you don't have to necessarily discontinue it. I then. didn't know that. That's good um, to know. But that is something that a lot of, uh, you know, like when, during our training, it's like C. diff infection, you know, increased bone frag, you know, bone mineral density loss, kidney disease, you know, all, all yeah, this stuff. All this stuff. But um, PPIs get a really bad rep for that, but it is something that they did address in the new guidelines. That was first recognized by the FDA back in 2012 that there was potentially an association, uh, but it's still not like, you know, hard proof, but it can, it can play a role. But it really goes to the bigger point that if they don't need a PPI, we shouldn't start a PPI. And I want to clarify, I said I never prescribe Keflex worrying about C. diff, but if you have somebody who is on antibiotics, most antibiotics, and they come in with diarrhea, you got to think C. diff regardless. Mm-hmm. I mean, unless they're on flagell or vancomycin. Right. I think guidelines, to put numbers to it, say something like three loose stools in 24 hours, then be thinking, okay. be thinking C. diff. But yeah, any antibiotic can cause yeah. diarrhea, of yeah. course. Um, an antibiotic can cause C. diff, so yeah. definitely be on your radar. How, how do you kind of break it down, Tom? Whenever you have a patient coming in and they're complaining of having diarrhea, how do you sort of, do you always just test for it, or how do you kind of? 
Um, no. So it all depends. You know, um, you always try to find like the baseline of the patient, what's normal for them. Because a lot of people are like, oh, I have loose stools my whole life. Um, but if they are on antibiotics and they come in and they have new or worsening diarrhea, I mean, I, you know, it's easy for me, especially because I'm in the hospital. I, mm-hmm. I always order a C. diff. Um, and, you know, most of the time they're negative, but, you know, it comes back positive more often than you think. And, you know, you're glad you ordered it. And right. it's not as bad as you think a lot of the times. You know, you'll have a person with diarrhea and they're not dying of abdominal pain, diarrhea, you know, 100 times a day. It's actually more mild at first. So you'd be surprised that people do have it. So definitely check for it. It's good. Yeah. All right. Well, now, where do you want to go? Well, like I said, it's a nasty bug. So they, they're basically, they form heat-resistant spores, and they can persist in the environment for like several months to years, which is a big reason why so many people are colonized. And I don't really exactly know why, but I always feel like I'm telling people that, you know, this is the one thing that uh, hand sanitizer can't kill, yep. right? So mm-hmm. you got to you gotta actually wash and scrub. Yeah, it's actually remove the spores yes. because yes. the uh, them off. alcohol won't actually kill them. Yep, exactly. Um, so it's it's that's why it's so ubiquitous. And about 20 to 40% of patients who have um, C. diff or diagnosed with C. diff have a recurrence. So recurrence is also pretty common. Um, yeah, and they, they produce two toxins. Uh, toxin A is an enterotoxin. Toxin B is a cytotoxin, uh, which they think is partially responsible for the inflammation and diarrhea and issues associated. Uh, so that's part of the test that they, they run. I don't know what specific um, assays you guys use because they, they talk about um, um, getting a blood a stool sample, which isn't like the fastest way, but you can also test for the toxins and all that kind of stuff. I don't know if you know We do what just a, a stool sample. Okay. And gotcha. it says C. diff toxin. It doesn't specify which one, though. Gotcha. How quickly are you able to get that back? It takes a couple of days. Does it? Yeah. So... Usually if it's, if they were on one of those antibiotics we just discussed that are high risk factors, the diarrhea is pretty severe, especially if they have a white count, you know, usually uh, want to throw them on flagyl or vancomycin, now vancomycin, not flagyl, sorry. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> so like empirically oh. go ahead and start the vanco. Spoiler then, alert. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. yeah save I, that for later. Uh, you, you were just giving us a spoiler alert. <laughs> we, knew, we knew what you were doing. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that's... Uh, that's, that that's thinks that it takes so long to get it back, but I guess that makes sense to empirically go ahead and treat. Um, did, did Cole, I'm letting you kind of dictate where we're going from here. Well, the uh, last thing I had was that there is actually like a, a very severe hypervirulent strain of C. diff that's more often associated with the fulminant colitis and the um, severe cases, leukocytosis, renal failure, all that kind of stuff. And uh, it's the NAP1, the NAP1 strain. I don't think that's commonly like tested for or anything, but maybe if somebody's just really not doing well, they might look into that. And I don't know, it's not going to change treatment or anything. I don't think so, but thought that was interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Very. All right. So you want to start going through some of the new, uh, guidelines? Let's do it. All right. So originally, um, we had this kind of classification criteria that we could call it a like a moderate case of C. diff versus a severe case and then from there that would kind of especially if it was a first um, or you know incidence or a recurrence that would kind of help us figure out which way we wanted to go with treatment because for a long time we would use metronidazole as our first line and then save uh, vanco for you know after we've 
tried metronidazole or if it was a really severe case. Um, and so now they, they say that an initial episode that they consider non-severe as someone that has leukocytosis, but uh, white blood cell count is less than 15,000 um, cells per milliliter, and then a serum creatinine level of less than 1.5 milligrams per deciliter. Um, now, the severe is basically just the opposite. They have to have greater than or equal to 15,000 um, white blood cell count, and then also greater than 1.5 milligrams per deciliter for serum creatinine. Um, the difference is this time around, the guideline, the treatment options are basically the same. Um, whereas the person is getting vancomycin, um, one twenty-five milligrams four times a day for ten days, um, or um, fidoxamycin, two hundred milligrams twice daily for ten days. So they've taken metronidazole kind of out of the equation, um, especially for the initial episodes. Yeah, almost completely, really. Yeah. What was that second medication you mentioned? Um, deficit. And what, um, what class is that it's by itself. Okay. Yeah, it's a separate. Uh, it's one that we in the past haven't really used very often because it's yeah, so expensive. Yeah, I haven't really come across that at all. Um, I, I haven't seen too much in the, from a pharmacy standpoint. I've either. seen it one time. Yeah, okay. that's about one, one or two times is about all I've seen it as well. Okay. But it is an option, and they list it as an alternative to Vanco. Okay. Why would you use that? It, some type of hypersensitivity of some sort? I would think problem with Vanco. I yeah. just read in up-to-date um, that it's flagell and Vank are bacteriostatic, and that one is bacteriocidal. Mm-hmm. And so in more severe cases, it has a higher um, uh, rate of... Killing, uh, yeah. basically. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I feel like I've heard that, too. That sounds familiar. I gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it is still brand name only, so it's expensive. I, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I love it. It prepares <laughs> a lot more than we do. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. In the car right on the way. <laughs> <laughs> Don't text and drive. Kids. Yeah, yeah. But you can study and drive. Yeah, up oh, to yeah. date and drive. <laughs> up to date and drive. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, the uh, that one is definitely more expensive, so I think that's um, one of the limiting factors to it. But if somebody couldn't take Vank or um, had already tried Vank, then that would be definitely an option. And that 10-day course is pretty standard. They've done some studies in the longer courses for more severe cases, and it really hasn't panned out. So at this point, even if it's recurrent and severe, uh, 10 days is still the standard. Okay. Yeah, that's what I usually prescribe. Um, now, where metronidazole is still um, listed is in the pediatric. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So we're, we're focusing on adult, but they, they right. did put so a lot out for I don't. Yeah, I just want to make sure we okay. at least mention that so that they don't uh, – we don't – get ridiculed yeah 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 on that one. for for children um it is <laughs> metronidazole is still used by mouth um or vancomycin but the 7.5 milligrams per kilogram tid for metronidazole is still a standard for even initial episodes and another thing that i think is important to mention is the first thing that the guidelines recommend you do is stop the antibiotic that you think is causing it of mm-hmm. course um which, so it, say you're treating something that's a relatively severe infection, but you have to stop this antibiotic. Do you, do you continue to treat the infection plus treat the C. diff, or do you focus on the C. diff for now and leave the other one for later? To, I don't know the answer to that. I mean, to me, I would think, and Tom can probably address this a lot better, but I would think that it depends on where you're at in the healing process of the inf- initial infection um, that you started the antibiotic for to begin with. And then I'm sure, you know, in most cases you'd be able to find an alternative um, you know, if it was a MRSA infection and you're giving clindamycin, then you would just switch to Bactrim or Doxy or something that also covers MRSA and then um, take them off the offending agent. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Clinda has actually been, I've been seeing it used more than I usually have in the past um, for MRSA, especially on outpatient treatments now. 
because uh, a lot of people have sulfa allergies, bacterium allergies. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, obviously, yeah, you'd always stop it. And if there was no other option, you might have to put them in the hospital for a little bit. You mm-hmm. know, because if they do have a MRSA infection and you need to give them some kind of IV medication or something that's not available, you'll have to put them in and give it to them because you can't let the MRSA run rampant while you're, you know. Right. And we we started to talk about this before we were recording, but the uh, vancomycin PO is what we mm-hmm. use for yeah. C. diff. So, um, you know, it'd be hard to treat MRSA with vanco IV and also effectively treat the C. diff um, because uh, the vancomycin is basically unchanged through the GI system and arrives in the, the gut completely completely as it was when you took it orally, um, it actually works really well in that setting. That's the only setting that we would really use oral vanco for would be okay. C. diff because we want to get the um, the medication to that area versus if we need to use it for MRSA, it's not going to get systemic absorption basically okay. at all. So students, if you ever get pimped about, you know, why is this patient on oral vanc, there's only one reason. So right. pretty, pretty easy answer. Pretty much. And when you're out there practicing, um, definitely document that you're on, putting them on PO, vancomycin, because it's uh, more efficient than IV um, for C. diff infection. Otherwise, insurance will try to not pay for their inpatient stay because they were on PO antibiotics instead of IV. And you were saying that you've had a lot of issues with that. Um, Yeah, yeah. You know, you have somebody come to the hospital and they're doing much better. They got a dose IV antibiotics in the ER or they need PO bank because they have C. diff. And the insurance, all they see is that the patient was on PO antibiotics. They could have been home. They didn't need to be in the hospital and they try not to pay for it. So Mm. you have to do a peer-to-peer review where a doctor for the insurance company calls. You kind of got to explain yourself. What a pain. Yeah. Yeah. Lots of fun when you're having a busy day. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah, exactly. It's frustrating. Yeah. Which um, there are instances where um, you might use, they're more rare, obviously, oral is going to be the the standard, but there are instances where you might use IV or um, an enema even, say a patient has an ileus, uh, then you might consider, and they have fulminate colitis, you might consider a bank enema as well, um, the guidelines mention. And... um, so we mentioned uh, the initial, like an initial infection, um, treating with either Venko or uh, deficit. But um, if you have a a recurrence, um, that's the other thing where you basically can go back to um, vancomycin, one twenty five milligrams again. Um, if it's the first occurrence, mm-hmm. four times a day for ten days. Um, especially in the case of metronidazole being used um, initially. I should say if metronidazole was used first off. You definitely um, want to go to You definitely go to Vank. Yeah. To Vank. Now, if um, if you're already tried vancomycin, this is the first reoccurrence, then you can also look at either doing a prolonged tapered regimen or a mm-hmm. pulsed regimen. That's the other two things, which I don't believe were in the last guidelines for okay. C. diff. I don't think I've ever heard of the pulse regimen. So the the um, this if if and this is the case if a standard regimen was used initially so they've already okay. used Vanco then um, the and I'm pulling it up just to make sure I say this right um, 125 milligrams four times uh, per day for f- 10 to 14 days then two times per day for a week once per day for a week and then every two or three days for two to eight weeks wow yeah wow. so i think i mentioned before that even in recurrent you would only want to do the 10 day i was wrong i mean in the if it's an initial okay. then you would do the 10 day but in recurrent you can consider the pulse or tapered regimen yeah so that's that's if someone has already tried um they're just a regular 10 day 
regiment the first time around. Or if they gave metronidazole the first time, then you would just start with the normal Vanka for okay. 10 days. When, um, when so, I was uh, fresh out of school, I remember doctors would give patients just a refill on the 10 day flagell hmm. and saying, you know, the spores, sometimes you don't kill them all. You need to take another course, but that's good to know that if it recurs that you need to do this. Which I think you still can, uh, because even the, the guidelines give the pulse and tapered recommendation, a low quality of evidence, weak recommendation. So I think oh, it's okay. just, you know, kind of another option to consider as well as if you did bank the first time or flagell the first time you could try okay. fidoxamycin this time with a standard 10 day regimen. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe they're immunosuppressed or right like, okay Makes so they sense. give you a lot of they give you a lot of options in, in the recurrence okay. situation um the other thing we didn't mention is in an, the case of an initial episode that where the where it's extremely severe to the point where the patient is you know hypo um hypotensive or they they've they're in a state of shock or they have um like megacolon or something like that then we would use a much higher dose of vancomycin mm-hmm. um up to 500 milligrams four times a day um, and they, they can be given mouth or nasogastric tube. Um, and then uh, still done for the regular amount of time, but with much higher dose because obviously it's a much more severe infection. Okay. Yeah, usually a patient like that would be in the ICU yeah. and NG tube in place, probably yeah. on the vent. And yeah. I guess they may have, the, the institution might have guidelines that they would want you to follow. Yeah. Uh, who knows? Might be a little bit different, or might be the same. So usually, the bigger the hospital, the more guidelines. Right? <laughs> yeah. 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 All right. What else for this? That's the main stuff for treatment, really. Yeah. It's, um, it's really not that not that for the first occurrence. As long as they're in good shape, it's really uh, pretty easy. One thing I like it. Yeah. You know, when it comes to antibiotics, usually it gets a little more complicated than one thing or two things. So they also have an option where the person is having recurrent um, C. diff infections where oh, you yeah. can give um, vancomycin 125 milligrams four times a day for 10 days. Okay. And then you give um, rifaximin, zyfaxin, mm-hmm. 400 milligrams three times a day for 20 days following the 10 days of vancomycin to hopefully um, ward off any other GI okay. you know, remnants of the C. diff. And that's one thing they're looking into. They're, they're looking into another couple of antibiotics that haven't been FDA approved yet that I think they use in other countries and the names are escaping me, but there might be some other options in the pipeline. Um, but actually my, my favorite one, which I almost forgot to mention is the fecal microbiota <laughs> transplantation, which is the poop shake, which I've definitely referenced before. Okay. Is that where people like yeah. take so, someone's poop in a pill? And- basically, <laughs> okay. yeah. I mean, that's, pill. that's what they do. And you know, the guidelines give this a, a strong recommendation, moderate quality of evidence. So it's pretty good. If somebody okay. has, has had recurrent C. diff and you've tried many of these options, I think they say more than three occurrences. I'm pretty sure uh, you can consider this. And I think I used to say that you could drink the poop shake because that sounded so much better. <laughs> but now they, uh, so there's a couple ways to do it. So um, it's made into a suspension and it can be given up to down is what they say. And so that's either in a nasogastric tube okay. or a nasoduodenal tube or back up is the other way. And that okay. can be through a, a colonoscope or as a retention enema, they can do that. And, and the idea is to basically... Your microbiome has been wiped out by these broad-spectrum antibiotics. C. diff has taken over, and this is to replace your gut bacteria to try to help um, suppress the C. diff, basically, is the idea. I did not know that. So That's the poop shakes, know. I like them. I, they're, they're, I think they're relatively I don't know if the new guys, kids on the block. I don't know if you guys are getting to this, but do they mention any other like probiotics, like lactobacillus, or no? 
So that's the the big kind of debate is mm-hmm. while there are people that have used them for mm-hmm. recurrence, there's not like great evidence that shows that uh, it's highly like effective or not. So like the new guidelines didn't give a recommendation for them. Okay. Um, so sometimes people might use them along with the antibiotics that you're using to hopefully, you know, reduce yeah. a diarrhea day or something. But in C. diff... It's really, it's, there is actually some good, there's at least one good trial that would be um, good to mention that's escaping my mind now. But uh, yeah, it's, it's not as, the data is not as strong as you would like okay. in okay. those. But I think it's coming because I think that they have a role to play, especially yeah, if this yeah. is all about the microbiome. You would think yeah. they would definitely have a role to play. And the more, you know, you learn about the microbiome, the, I mean, the more you realize, I mean, it's, it's fascinating. It's, yeah, yeah, it really is. It makes it, you wonder. Yeah. I feel like decoding the microbiome is going to be the, the equivalent of um, the genome project. Mm. Absolutely. Honestly. Because what are we outnumbered 10 to one or something yeah. by bacteria cells? <laughs> That's what they say. Yeah. That, you know, I've heard theories where we're, you know, hosts for bacteria. That's our whole. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. They're yeah. controlling our lives. Well, yep. We should do a, an episode on the um, toxoplasmosis that you get from like. Yeah. Cat like poop changes and stuff. your. Uh... Yeah. Like um, your brain chemistry and the way all sorts of stuff. Oh, that I would love to learn about that. About that. that sounds really interesting. I've even heard that a lot of, um, CEOs and like people who are more associated with like risk taking and mm-hmm. things have positive are yeah. positive for toxoplasmosis. No way. Toxoplasmosis. Yeah. It's uh, it's very, it's apparently um, potentially bad. It's potentially um, teratogenic. So they, if you're pregnant, you're supposed to stay away from like cat feces and stuff yes, like that. Yeah, that I knew, but I didn't know it. Um, but it's because that's the same. It's, it's the toxoplasmosis. It's the same bug that. Um, and there's a lot of theories about other issues it, it causes so yeah we really? should totally do one on that yeah. yeah that'd be pretty fun I, I tend to stay away from cat feces anyway, <laughs> yeah yeah even yeah when i'm not pregnant but <laughs> i like, love that stuff <laughs> i don't know what you're talking about <laughs> um the other thing we got to mention too is uh, the new monoclonal antibody that's been put out for c diff reoccurrence um so um biz lotuximab is uh, was approved i think late 2017 okay um but it is approved for um the recurrence um, of C. diff that's already been treated with an antibiotic, um, and the person is still at risk for a recurrence. Um, there was a couple of different trials that have looked at it. Um, I've seen um, numbers kind of all over the place as far as um, the percent that it reduces your chances of having C. diff again. I've seen um, initial studies say um, up in the 40% range. I've seen some other ones that say only 10%. So I think it definitely is, is an option, but it's, I mean, it's a single infusion over an hour um, okay. that the patient can get. Um, so it's not a chronic medication. I mean, yeah, yeah, just okay. one time um, oh, infusion, single dose. Okay. Um, so it's expensive though. Can so, you I mean, repeat that name again? It's um, Bezlotuximab. Okay. I can't remember the brand name. We'll find it in a second. Um, I'll have to go back to this podcast and write it down. <laughs> right. Yeah. But, Spell it out for yeah. but um, it's, they do have a precaution if somebody has heart failure. Apparently, it's it can okay. um, cause an exacerbation. So they want you to use a, uh, a lot of caution if somebody does have a, is considered to have heart failure. Um, and then, like I said, the cost is the other big one. Okay. So um, something to kind of consider with that. But if somebody has insurance, they can pay for it, then yeah. it may not be a bad idea. Yeah. Zinplava. Zinplava, that's Zinplava. right. Zinplava. Yeah. yeah, if it's a recurring issue, I mean. Yeah. So definitely something to yeah. kind of keep in mind. Yeah. And, you know, with um, C. diff, it's hard. Patients are usually, you know, upset, understandably, because they get put on these antibiotics and they continue having diarrhea. So it's good to warn them, like, listen, 
we're, we're killing the infection, but the antibiotic's still going to give you diarrhea. You know, uh, that's why I always add a probiotic. That way, at least I can say I'm trying to help it, you know, right. resolve as quickly as possible. But it's good to warn the patients that as long as you're on the antibiotic, your stools are probably not going to be normal for a while. And that's a good point because they might ask, well, what can you do for the diarrhea while I'm on this antibiotic? And the guidelines really recommend against using lopiramide because you don't want to stop it all up. You want to, you know, keep it moving, basically. Great point. Yes, very much so. I'm actually a big fan of, even for like the community pharmacists that listen, you have someone that comes in the pharmacy and they want something, they say they've had diarrhea, you know, for a day or two and they want you to give them something over the counter. I, I was, when I worked in just regular community pharmacy, I was a big fan of telling them not to use um, Imodium or Lapiramide because one, without any other knowledge of what's going on or any mm-hmm. other labs or anything like that, um, you have no idea what's causing it. And so I would always just encourage them to get like Pedialyte, even if it was an adult, to stay hydrated, keep their electrolytes up, and then just let it run its course. Yeah. Because if you, like Cole said, if you stop it up and you don't know what's causing it, you don't know if they've been on, you know, they may tell you they haven't been on antibiotics, but maybe it was from like a couple weeks ago and they're just not right. telling you. Yeah. How many you, patients, yeah, you just know their meds accurately. Exactly. Right. You just, I, I never would take any chance and no. I would always tell them not to no. get indapamide, or um, I almost said indapamide, yeah. <laughs> Imodium. Yeah. Um, you got that evidence-based stuff on your brain. Yeah, I'm okay. <laughs> but um, yeah, so I, I would always encourage people not to get um, lipiramide over the counter. I mean, no, I haven't been on any antibiotics recently. I, like I had Cipro a few weeks ago for UTI, but no right. antibiotics, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. Yeah. Um, so that was always my rule of thumb personally. I don't know if, yeah. Cole, if you did the same thing. No, you. I think that, that's a yeah, good good rule of thumb. Usually that's if somebody's having diarrhea, stay hydrated. Make mm-hmm. sure you got electrolytes. If it's more than a few days, then I would, I would see seen. somebody. Yeah. With um, When there are inpatients in the hospital, if... It's pretty suspicious of C. diff. I definitely, obviously, will never give them a dose or put it like as a PRN medication. Um, but if it's very unlikely and the patient's having rough diarrhea, you know, you still test for it. But sometimes I'll give them like a one-time dose just to help them get a couple hours sleep together. You know, mm-hmm. usually it doesn't help that much, but it makes the patient feel a lot better. But right. That's only in cases where it's very unlikely. Yeah. You know, you're almost positive that it's uh, not C. diff. Right. You know, yeah. usually patients who are already on flagell or... And it yeah, makes sense. It, yeah. it makes sense too. Like for in your situation, because you know you're you have all the information. I've definitely. It's much easier. I've seen a position. lot of yes. uh, I've seen a lot of pharmacists though try to make that call when they're in when they don't have any, and that's right. why I definitely yeah. always in that situation would say like eh, just hold off. They're not going to die well, from it because <laughs> we are flying blind in yeah. the community pharmacy. Unfortunately. Well, I mean, yeah, I have so much respect for all the. Um, Anybody who works in an outpatient setting, because I real I do realize how lucky I am to be able to just order a lab and a chest X-ray or a CAT scan of the belly and get the results and not have to worry. Oh my God, is this what's going on? You mm-hmm. know, now they're going home on this medication that could possibly be hurting them. So it's definitely um, a more cautious field when you're working in the outpatient setting. Um, and I'll mention this study real quick that I just pulled up. Um, one of the reasons why they're getting away from metronidazole is because there was a study that came out that um, compared basically the uh, 30-day mortality um, in patients with C. diff when they looked at Vanco versus metronidazole, and it was um, reduced with vancomycin comparatively. And I think that's what was one of the drivers for the new okay. Okay. Um, the new guidelines. And the reason that they were ever using flagell in the first place is basically there were two randomized clinical trials from the 
uh, late 80s, early 90s, they compared Flagyl to Vank, and they found that there was no difference. Uh, but there were like less than 50 patients per study arm, and both of those studies really wasn't high-quality evidence. And since uh, around 2000, they've done multiple placebo-controlled studies that all have shown that Vank is better um, than Flagyl, like Mike was mentioning, and in superior, I mean, in um, severe or fulminant colitis, uh, C. diff, Vank is also better. So that's why they made this change in recommendation. And if, if cost is still an issue that you're kind of having in the back of your mind, um, oral vancomycin has come down quite a bit. Um, it's available generically. Um, it's also available in a solution now um, called Furvanc, and um, th- that's relatively cheap compared to the thousands of dollars that it used to be for oral vanc. And um, it's also, you know, you can get compounding kits. Like I think that company first that has those uh, compounding kits, I think they have one that has uh, vancomycin. Um, and then there's also, if, you know, worst case scenario, you can get the IV solution and compound that with um, I just like regular, um, uh, what is that, like aura or sweet or whatever that stuff oh, is yeah, yeah. and, um, and turn it into a, the base. um, yeah. And turn it into a, um, an oral liquid solution from the IV solution. You can do that. And it's, it's okay. okay to do it that way. Oh, that's so interesting. compounding pharmacies can do, that. Can do that. Cool. Um, so there's, there's a lot of different options. So if you are worried about the cost, you can usually find it for a patient relatively cheap. Okay. And I know that fur bank is ever since I came out, that's what I've seen mm-hmm. more so than the, even the oral bank. Cause it's pretty cost effective. Right. You know, I haven't prescribed bank, um, by mouth outpatient yet, but I used to have so much issues that, you know, as soon as the per- person went to fill it, it was way too much money. The insurance wouldn't pay for it. They said just use flagell. So I'm wondering if they're aware of this now. I mean, hopefully they should be. I mean, it, it's only from, it's, yeah, yeah, right. I'd be surprised. It's from February. And I mean, I, I think I've still seen a lot of flagell. Mm-hmm. Like okay. I, I had flagell, it was somebody for C. diff and they had flagell. Then the next day they started bank and I was like, it's kind of weird. Um, maybe they caught on or yeah. maybe, I don't know. So yeah, it's, it's, you know, takes a while for stuff like this to catch on. And I think that's why they, the guidelines specifically have a little blurb in there. Like if the person was given metronidazole initially, Go ahead and give them that vancomycin, the regular right. initial dose, because okay. it probably didn't do anything. Yeah, so. yeah. So. Which it's still, I mean, you know, flagell still works, just doesn't work as well. Yeah. yeah. Doesn't work as well. So they're anticipating people not reading the guidelines. <laughs> yeah, <right>? yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. They've learned. <laughs> which the guidelines also, they talk about, what this was carried over from the old guideline, but um, contact precautions while you're in the hospital. I'm sure you run into that a lot oh, with yeah. patients with C. diff, but, you know, isolating them, if you can, if you can keep them on their own toilet, then that would be great. And then you have to wear gloves and gowns oh, and all yeah. stuff, right? Yeah, the, yep. Those are the pain in the butt ones. Where you got to put the gloves and gown on. But um, it's worth it because you do not want to get C. diff. No. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Which, yeah. which is yeah. funny because, you know, lady walks up in the pharmacy. She's holding her stomach. Oh, I'm getting my oral bank, blah, blah. And I'm like, hmm, I'm just going to wipe down the whole counter now. Yeah, you know? yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I feel like that's a good thing to mention to patients. You might want to stay away from people for a yes. while. Yeah, those are the ones I wash my hands, especially. Yeah. yeah. With soap and water. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Not, not just with hand uh, sanitizer. Not just hand sanitizer because yes. I won't do the job. You actually have to uh, wash and scrub the spores off. Yes, that's right. Good little other clinical pearl dimension, even though. <laughs> hand sanitizer especially in hospitals is usually the way to go and um we mentioned earlier on but uh, the diagnostic um tools that we have um there's the the guidelines actually have a table listed out with all the different um 
diagnostic like criteria, the assays that you can use, and um, then where that data comes from as far as which one's better than others or which one has the highest sensitivity um, or low specificity and, and explains it and has a really good two-page ex- explanation of which ones to use. So make sure you uh, check that out if you're one of the providers listening. I really like this guideline actually because the whole thing is set up like an FAQ section of a website. It just asks questions and then gives answers. And mm-hmm. then below that, it summarizes the reason they gave those answers. Yeah, it well makes, put together, I think. I like a lot of the guidelines that have like the the question, like, should we blah, 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 mm-hmm. and the answers. So much easier than reading all the, in- <laughs> the information. <laughs> and where are you guys um, reading this guideline? This, these are IDSA. Where, yeah. Um, IDSA guidelines, America. 2018, okay. I think it was February, February. or March. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. IDSA. What do you join kind of annually? No, it's 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 free online. Really? So okay. Yeah, you can download the PDF okay. file of the guidelines. This it's one came out. Pages long. This awesome. one came out. Yeah, February 15th, day before my birthday this year. So if you Googled um, updated IDSA CDF guidelines, okay, or 2018. IDSA CDF guidelines that probably come up because that helps a lot because up to date will tell you the right thing to do but sometimes right. it won't lay out because mm-hmm. you know until you told me that bank has reduced mortality I didn't realize that well even the up to date guideline I mean the up to date I think article mentions metronidazole as an option still and they kind of don't yeah. put enough emphasis <laughs> yeah. on taking it out so does Medscape so yeah, right. yeah. I know a lot of people right. look at Medscape and it, it's still listed too so one good thing about Medscape that I will say is um, that's actually who notified me as soon as these guidelines got released back in February. Um, they sent me a, like an email just saying new guidelines for C. diff. That's what made me, because I did a Alexa flash briefing on this a long time ago. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, but they uh, they had mentioned that when it first came out. And Medscape, uh, I believe, is free to sign up for. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it is. Um, and you pick your specialty. And so I like sign myself up for like all the specialties. Yeah, yeah. And, and uh, they could just send well, me emails to. for I mean, a bunch of things. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, if, if that's that's the quickest way to get it without having to like search I'm gonna guidelines each day. I'm going to home, yeah. You know, I, I mean, I use up to date and it's an amazing site. You know, I definitely recommend it, but it's a lot of money. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it is yeah. A lot of money. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If your job's not uh, signing you up for you, go ahead and use Medscape, mm-hmm. I would say. Yeah. Anything else, gentlemen? Um, I got a quick note. So if uh, just to run down, I had an ICU patient with C. diff and just uh, they came in with severe bacteremia. They were uh, on uh, vancomycin. They had to be intubated. We had to put an NG tube in. They were having so much diarrhea. So just to kind of show you how they ma- get managed when they're almost getting to the part, you know, severe C. diff or uh, fulmin colitis. Um, they're, you know, sedated on the vent. They have an NG tube. We had to use oral vanc. And, you you know, unfortunately, you got to use things like flexi seals and rectal bags. Because otherwise, the patient's having so many loose stools. They get skin breakdown. So um, these are things that you don't learn until you get out there. So just to give uh, all the pro- future providers out there a heads up, that oh, that's a couple perfect. little things, Absolutely. yeah, you know, flexi seals, they're amazing on patients who can't control their own bowel movements and you're worried about skin breakdown if they're going to be, you know, supine for a prolonged period of time. So that's a good note to end on, right? Yeah, no, that's, that's, yeah. No, that's, that's good though, man. Yeah. I appreciate that. The only other thing I wanted to mention was um, there is actually a small, there's a couple studies that potentially link Remeron and Prozac to an increased risk for C. diff. So that's kind of random, mm. but um, yeah, I came across that. Say that again? Remeron, like mertazapine, antidepressants, yeah, yeah. and Prozac, small link to potentially increased risk of C. diff. Really? So, yeah, I don't know. I I don't ask Remeron me why. Lot, yeah. I don't know if it has something to do with serotonin, but... Um, I mean, there's Possibly, a ton right? of serotonin receptors in the yeah. gut, so that would kind of make sense, but I would right. think it would be all... SSRIs, or is it maybe because uh, fluoxetine's half-life is so long? So long. I mean, I, 
SSRIs, that's one of the main reasons they call it diarrhea, right? Because the they cause, yeah, they can cause stomach upset, especially at the beginning, because of the all the serotonin receptors okay. in the gut. For that's sure, pretty interesting. Hmm. Yeah, maybe we'll touch on that another time. Yeah, for yeah? sure. Yeah, we'll need to look into that and find a mechanism. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Well, hey guys, I appreciate you having me. No, absolutely, I, man. I learned a ton. You guys are the best. No, we appreciate, appreciate you taking time. Waking up from your nap and coming yeah, on. Yeah, for yeah, sure. yeah, yeah. Sorry if I had some. Uh, pauses there staring off in his face <laughs> i was taking micro Just, naps, yeah, micro <laughs> yeah. naps. We, we take them all the time <laughs> yeah yeah it's all we do because mike doesn't actually sleep so his his That's life is true. miniature <laughs> 10 second micro naps pretty much you just get enough of micro naps in your day and you don't have to sleep <laughs> Go all you night. don't have to give up 10 10 years at the end of your life <laughs> yeah basically an ad for monster yeah the worst years what are you gonna do <laughs> All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening. And um, we will be back again soon with some more, um, hopefully covering some more topics that we got off of uh, the Instagram uh, followers. And if you guys like the podcast, make sure you subscribe, uh, leave a comment, um, and then let us know if you have any comments or anything like that that you want to add or any topics you want us to cover. Um, Feel free to email us or uh, hit us up on any of the social media platforms. And we will see you guys next time. Take it easy.